Mindful Biz Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. Richard Jeffries joins us in today's episode. Richard is the founder of Two Bays Brewing Company, making gluten-free craft beer on the Mornington Peninsula. Richard was diagnosed with celiac disease in 2015. On a strict gluten-free diet, he couldn't find the quality and variety of craft beer he'd fallen in love with in Australia. On a road trip through America a year ago, Richard discovered brewers making gluten-free beer and became inspired and launched Two Bays Brewing Company in 2017. Two Bays Brewing Company has secured exclusive importation rights to 15 different specialty malt varieties made from millet, buckwheat and rice. Jeffries mostly sells to home brewers with hopes to expand when his stock levels rise. In this episode, we talk about Richard's business journey, steps he's taken, and what's to come in 2020. Hi, Richard. Thank you so much for joining us here today. How are you? Very well, thanks, Alison. And yourself? I'm, I'm extremely well. So tell us about where you live. So I live down uh, the, morning to the start of the Mornington Peninsula, which is about an hour south of Melbourne. Um, on one side of uh, the bays, uh, and we're sort of stuck between Port Phillip Bay and Western Port, hence our name of two bays. Um, and it's a beautiful part of the world, uh, the Pinot capital of Australia, um, great wineries, great uh, breweries. I think we've got 10 breweries down this little part of the world, um, rum, gin, um, and beautiful beaches, surf and bay. So it's a fantastic part to live. Sounds beautiful. I've never been there. You've inspired me to go and check it out. Well, there's not a cloud in the sky today in 23 degrees, so it's beautiful. Beautiful. All right, then. So tell us all about Two Bays Beer. So Two Bays Brewing Co., we started it just over a year ago. Uh, We produced our first um, beers for sale. Um, But before that, it had been a a two-year journey to get to uh, have beer into a can. But really what we are and what we focus on is doing gluten-free beer. So in 2015, I got diagnosed with celiac disease and prior to that loved beer and I loved the whole atmosphere of a brewery and uh, trying the different flavours and got diagnosed as a celiac and that sort of then took the fun out of it. So um, it was a a bit of a rude shock. I said to my wife at the time that my life was over, but... um, it, it, you know, it just meant that, you know, I started drinking ciders and seeing, and that was a really exciting thing, what the guys are doing with craft cider. But I just kept craving for a beer and just being able to go down to the pub or to other breweries and drink beer and look the same as everybody else rather than drinking a cider. So that's really formed the genesis for the business. And um, I just then decided, you know, to go overseas, go to the US and actually see whether you can really make good gluten-free beer um and was blown away within probably two hours of getting into portland um and knew that we could do it so then it was just a question of how do we actually make it happen so um that started our journey wow what's your background like did you ha- did you know how to make beer beforehand no and it's safe to say i still don't um i know more <laughs> about brewing than than i ever thought i would um no, I, it, my background's business, so I've I've worked for big corporates and run small businesses. Um, and that's the background. Prior to this, I was actually working in environmental areas, clearing, cleaning up contaminated sites around the country uh, and running environmental teams. So 
Um, nothing to do with beer apart from uh, we have trade waste and and um, other wastes that I know how to best uh, handle those. Um, but really for me, I don't know, I've always had this thing from a business perspective that I'd love to create a brand. Don't know why I've had that desire. Um, and, you know, when you're doing small businesses, it's always hard to come up with a good idea, I think. Um, and this one sort of fell my way. And, yeah. um, you know, it's been fantastic. So for us, you know, I get so much thrill and excitement of being able to go into a pub or a bottle shop and seeing our beer in the fridge or on their menus. Um, yeah, that's it's a great feeling. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so you went overseas, did some market research, which would have been a very tough part of the job, I can imagine. Well, you know, it's hard to go, you know, across eight states to 10 different breweries, but um, somebody, had, <laughs> somebody had to do it. I will say it was in February and I got to Montreal and it was minus uh, 18 degrees. So oh, my gosh. It, it, it wasn't all uh, beer drinking weather, but it was, yeah. yeah, it was one of the, um, it is a perk of the business that mm. um, you do have to drink beer. Yeah. Um, as part of your job. So actually then like working out, well, how am I going to create this beer? Who do I speak to? Where do I even start? You know, how did you navigate through that process? The hardest thing, well, to start with beer, you've got to make, uh, you've got to start with great ingredients. And um, to do beer, you need um, malt, um, malted grains. You can't use barley, which everybody uses in, in the normal beers. Um, so luckily when I was in the U.S., I met with um, a fantastic lady that owns um, a great gluten-free malt house and all she does is malt gluten-free grains um, and they come from gluten-free farms. And so we managed to secure the rights to those malts um, in Australia and um, brought those over. So that gave us our starting point, which is ingredients, but then you need a great brewer because I certainly couldn't do it. Um, and we were very lucky that um, a local brewer who's been brewing for 20 years, uh, a gentleman by the name of Andrew Gow, or AG as he's known in the industry, um, you know, had grown up with the craft beer uh, movement, made great beers. Um, I used to love drinking his beers when I could have them. Um, and he literally became available around about the same time as we sort of pressed, pressed uh, go on the business. So, um AG came on board, but he never brewed with these malts. So our malts, we use millet, buckwheat, and rice. Um, and we have a, quite a few combinations of, of those malts. But, um, you know, millet's budgerigar seed, small, tiny compared to barley. Um, and we had to learn, and he had to learn, how do you brew with this stuff? And so we, we had lots of conversations with people in the US, the guys brewing over there, with some of the best brewing minds in Australia to help us sort of navigate our way through some of the challenges. Um, and took us probably nine months before we had a beer that we felt, probably six months before we had a beer that we were happy to, to share with friends. Mm. Um, and then since then, it's just been a continuous refinement. Um, wow. So it's, it's been challenging. There's no... Uh, very little social, um, you know, you can't Google how to brew gluten-free beer very easily. There's not much um, information out there. So we've, we've learned a lot the hard way and we've thrown a lot of beer down the drain. So Yeah. <laughs> that was actually my Which next question. Which is very question. sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was my next question because I was thinking, I bet you've experienced lots of challenges along the way, which obviously, you know, they turn into learnings. But are there any that stand out as like they were really quite tough challenges? Oh, we, we had um, uh, a lot of issues early on with getting a beer to do what we wanted it to do. Um, 
And there was a couple of times where I thought, you know, it certainly it was beyond our capability. It was quite a science type issue. And um, I thought, God, you know, it's going to be this hard. And, and um, we had expected it might take us three months to come up with a recipe. And this is sort of six months in and, and we're still throwing everything out. Um, and it just sort of clicked. Something happened. Uh, AG tried a couple of different things. We got some great advice and discussions with people. We tried it and um, it clicked and and the problem sort of went away almost overnight. And But we still couldn't tell you exactly how or why. It just, um, a combination of many things worked. Mm. So um, that was a great day. That was a, a What a relief. Because I can imagine being six months in just going, oh, my gosh, are we ever going to crack it? Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we were hoping to have beer available for events that we couldn't get to. Um, we, you know, we, we had lots lots of things. That, and I was worried that we'd lose our brewer because, you know, he'd find it too hard and he'd go back to Bali Beer where he knew how to do everything yeah. you know, pretty easily. So um, all those things. And, and it's like a restaurant without a chef. You know, it's not, not much good. Um, mm. So I think the timing, timing worked well because we were sort of all getting to the end of going, how's this going to happen? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so it's great. And um, AG, to you know, to his, my internal gratitude, uh, stayed on, pushed through it all, um, and we got to work out how to do it on a small system, and then we had to learn again. So I, we've got a small brewery that we do most of our beers for our tap room. Um, it's about 300 litres. But then we had a big 2,000-litre system, and we had to relearn everything again oh on gosh. the 2,000-litre system. Wow. And when you're throwing beer out at that scale – a lot more expensive than throwing 300 liters out at a time yeah we weren't prepared to put bad beer out so um i just would quietly cry myself to sleep each night as we thrown out some beer during the day um thankfully we didn't have to do that too many times yeah i mean like because i was going to ask you have you ever had a bad batch but you've just answered that in the in the making of getting to the right recipe yeah we've had quite a few just um Kind of like everything in, in business, it's you know, you can do it on a small scale, and then suddenly, when you've got to do it, um, even though conceptually it's only three or four times the size, and you think everything should work out the same, the machines are different, everything works a little bit differently, temperatures are different, um, and it just caused challenges. So, for us, um, we, we have thrown our beer, we will continue to throw our beer if it's not good enough. Um, I just hope we don't do it very often. Yeah, absolutely. What was the inspiration behind the brand name? So Two Bays, we um, we see ourselves and we are very much a national beer. So we have our beer in nearly 800 places now around Australia. Um, so you can go from Port Douglas to Hobart and over to Perth and everywhere in between. Um, and so we wanted something that wasn't didn't have a particular provenance to it. Um, I, like a Mornington Peninsula or a Dramana Brewery or whatever it might be. Um, that wasn't our game, but we also wanted to have a, a little bit. So Two Bays allowed us to reference the two uh, Melbourne bays, Western Port and Port Phillip, where we're sort of stuck in the middle. Um, but it also you could be Sydney Harbour and Port Jackson. Um, you could be, um, you know, there's two bays down near Eden. Um, so we, we figured it kind of meant there was probably plenty of places where there was a couple of bays near each other. Um, but it also has a bit of meaning to, you know, this particular part of the Mornington Peninsula. Yeah. So in terms of like getting distribution when you first started, were you literally doing all of that yourself or how did you actually get the beers into different outlets? 
um, yeah, it, it was uh, me. And um, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we were very lucky. We, um, you know, we think it's an interesting story and therefore we've been uh, very fortunate with great coverage social media wise and also um, through public relations. So we had quite a few people inquire at the start, um, venues that would like to get hold of our beer. And at the time they were inquiring, we had nothing to give them. So it took us probably another six months before I could really reply and say, hey, it's available. Um, but that started us off. Um, but we were very slow. So I think we launched our cans on the 20th of December. We launched them, uh, which was a, a two-base pale ale. Um, we sold about 180 cartons in 24 hours. It was incredible, wow. the, um, just on our online platform. Um, and do you think and that's because it was gluten-free? Do you think that yeah, that? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was gluten-free. It was new and people were excited about trying something different. And was certainly a premium price point. Um, our grains are very expensive compared to barley. So, you know, it's not a cheap purchase for people. And we appreciate, um, you know, people having that trust that they were prepared to buy 16 cans of beer that they've never tried before. Mm. Um, so we were lucky. And then, and then from there, we literally knocked on probably no more than 20 doors for three months because we just couldn't give them beer. We were still having struggles with the big brewery house at the time that right. I talked about. Yeah. And we just couldn't commit to anything we took on a couple of sales guys in march and i basically said to them listen guys you can't actually sell anything for the next two to three weeks so let's do other things because i don't think we've got any beer to sell mm. um but we got we got past that again pretty quickly and um uh we were lucky we approached Dan murphy's and um, they were pretty excited about putting on a new gluten-free beer so we got some great distribution with them um and then just fantastic support from independent bottle shops were and, and venues. So yeah. you can buy our beer at, at Bray Restaurant, the number one restaurant in Australia. They offer our beer as part of their matching food and wine um, package. So if you buy their matching um, drinks package, you get a two-base gluten-free beer, whether you're gluten-free or not. Um, so, you know, for us, that's fantastic. And um, venues that will, will carry us... Um, and it's great. So, you know, we're doing it, we, we always say one venue at a time. Yeah. Um, and we find that the vast majority, you know, a significant majority are all reordering. They're all pretty happy with how it's going, um, which is great. So for us, it's all about we want to make sure that customers are, are taking it off the shelf as much as um, we're putting it onto the shelf. Well, that's the, the thing, so. isn't it? Because it's about getting those reord repeat orders once you've managed to get it in somewhere. Yes, I think I think uh, somebody described it uh, as the sugar hit is getting it on the shelf. Yeah, um, but it's really you, you really you know, venues venues and bottle shops won't carry it if they're not selling it. So absolutely, um, we, we have a huge process where we do education as much as we can with venues, and we we've got to lift our game in that space um, to make sure that the staff at the venues know all about the gluten free beer. Mm. They're pretty good with at restaurants. They're pretty good with gluten free food. They understand that side, so we try and do it with beer now. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, you know, when, when a new brand and a new product is launched, it's a lot of it is about education and, you know, there's only so many people in a small business and so, you know, there's just never enough hours in the day. No, it's not. And we're, and we're, we're <laughs> trying to look and see if we can be smart about it from technology, but the actual, it's kind of interesting, the, the, um, the beer game, particularly uh, independent bottle shops and things, you know, there's not a lot of technology in the sector. So, you know, it'd be wonderful if we could do a little YouTube video for 
you know, half a minute and people learn about our brewery and about us and why gluten-free beer is, is important. But it's very hard. Otherwise, it's just door-to-door knocking on them saying yeah. hello and, you know, their staff change over pretty regularly. So yeah, it's got its challenges. Well, this is the other thing. And so much of it is built on relationships that you create as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's really so. Um, we started off doing it ourselves. We now have third party distributors in most states. Um, and we wanted to do that because I quickly realized that we had no connections with the industry because we we're all the new kids in the block. Yeah. Um, whereas these guys have been doing it for years. So, um, and it is all relationships. So they were able to take us on board, add us to their portfolio, and then very quickly grow our footprint because they knew. And dealt with so many different venues. Um, And and so that's helped us grow a little bit before Christmas and we expect that to really grow into um, 2020 as those relationships. Um, We only just signed up with these guys in November. So um, it's been pretty, it's been good. So the cans, the branding on the cans, I really like. They're very distinct and memorable. And, you you know, like when when you create a new brand, you can go in any direction. So it's a little bit overwhelming. How how was the branding process for you? So, again, that that was – so coming up with the name was the first challenge. And that that, – then we we were lucky. So I I approached – there was a number of brands that I really liked in the craft beer space that I really liked what their brand guys had done. Um, again, we see ourselves as a craft gluten-free beer, but at the same time, we know we've got to appeal to a broad range of people, not just people that are really crafty or pointy edge. So we didn't want to go too far out there. Um, a couple of guys I approached, uh, weren't available and they put me onto a young freelance guy, um, who was setting up shop on his own. He had done quite a bit, uh, in the FMCG space. So the fast moving consumer goods. So he understood and we knew that a lot of our beer would be sold in, sold in cans on shelf um, and he really understood how to stand out on a shelf and that was kind of the thing. He's a really nice guy as well um, but that was the catalyst for us and, you know, he gave us, I remember we were up in Noosa I think at the time and he sent some 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 um, ideas our way and we were blown away and so excited with how he was taking sort of the concept of two bays which is a little bit of the colouring you see with the blues um, and the waves but making it look um, very contemporary uh, without being way out there and won't be offensive to male or female or old or young, um, you know, because we cater to everybody. So um, we're we're delighted and we get nothing but great feedback. It's really um, beer cans and labels can be quite polarising. And and our feedback we generally get is good. Yeah, I reckon the recall on, on your cans would be quite high. Well, we're, we're hoping. So we have a, um, we've just introduced our third beer now as Coleraine. So we have a pale ale, an IPA that we re- released um, May, June last year. And then we did an XPA, which was the world's first XPA. Um, and we released it in November as a seasonal beer and then have just added it to our Coleraine. So now we've got sort of a blue, a purple and a green um, and they look great on a shelf. Um and so we're now hoping that, you know, more retailers and, and venues will pick up a broader part of the range to give that gluten-free consumer choice. Um, and then we do a seasonal beer every quarter, and that's a bit of fun. And we've got a, another different design on our cans for that. But, again, it's got similar crossover to the core brand, but um, just allows us a bit more freedom. So um, it's good fun. 
coming up yeah. with you know branding it, it, you need the right person though oh don't you because there are some horror stories out there i think when, if you Absolutely. get it right it's fabulous and if you if you don't get it right it's like the worst process to go through ever <laughs> yeah well i think yeah and and once you once you're committed I mean, you know, I get people saying, oh, you should just change this word on your can. And you're going, well, mm. you know, the, the can setup cost is X thousands of dollars. Yeah. The carton setup cost is Y thousands of dollars. Yeah. We're not changing that word. No. That's why you need to <laughs> be just, happy with it from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very hard when you don't know anything like we didn't. So, yeah. Um, we, but yeah, it's been great. And the feedback's good. Uh, we can see where the brand can take us um, from a sort of a brand experience. Um, and we're now just trying to work out how to, um, kind of keep telling and living that story. Yeah. Are you working a lot of hours every day? Um, I'm pretty manageable. We've got a great yeah. team now. So um, you're always like every small business person. I think you're always on. You're always mm. thinking about it. Um, we, My wife works in the business on the weekend, so we have a tap room down here. So we're the only place, a gluten-free place, where you can actually have nine gluten-free beers on tap, wood-fired pizzas, wow. um, and everything is safe for celiacs. So celiacs can come here be safe if you choose to or want to be gluten-free. You can come in, have whatever you like, um, and then you can bring your friends along and they're very happy to, to drink our beer and eat our pizzas as well. So um, so between that, you know, so there's always something happening and you're always checking. Um, you know, I'd like to turn off and every time we go away and my wife says, why are you looking at your phone? And I'm kind of going, well, I don't really know why I'm looking at it. It's just a habit now. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's, def- it's definitely manageable. It's manageable, yeah. but um, you know, you're you're. I, I don't think any small business person would not be constantly thinking about their business. Oh, so true. Um, so true. Particularly at our stage. I mean, we're only still very very early on. Mm. Um, but we've got a great marketing team. Um, we've got a great office manager. We've got a great brew team, and we're building a good sales team. So, um, we've got all the right platforms, I think, in place. And now it's just sort of pushing, trying to push them as hard as we can. Yeah. I love the combination of the gluten-free beers and pizzas. That's great. So you can come in, uh, for, so, you can come in yeah. for pizza. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted something, um, again, for me, craft beer is so much about the experience of trial and exploring the different flavours of beers. And so I always say the tap room is really all about me and it's a very selfish thing that we built this venue that I love to go to. Um, <laughs> but I'm very happy to share it with other people. And, and so far... Lots of other people are happy to come along and, and share it with us as well. But it's just great. It just means that if, if um, I don't know, Pirate Life do a new beer out of Adelaide and I go, you know what, I really love to try one of those, we can do that. We put it on tap um, and people can come and try whatever, whatever type of beer it might be. Mm. So we've done 25 different beers, 27 different beers, I think, now through the tap room. Um, lots of different beer styles. And we keep, we've got another one in the tank now. We'll do another one next week. So, we'll, so we've always got lots of stuff. We're always changing it up. And it's really about that experience. And we'd love to have that experience in every capital city if we could. Um, because I think, you know, gluten-free people everywhere would love to be able to go to a bar and, and just be able to drink good beer and eat good food. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and feel very safe. So yeah. maybe one day. So good. All right. So where can everyone find Two Bays Beer? So the easiest way is to go to our beer finder, which we try and keep on, on up-to-dates. That's at uh, www.twobays.beer, and then you can search for our beer finder. But you can get it in every capital city. Um, you can get it in selected Dan Murphy's in Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, um, Vintage Cellars in Victoria and Queensland, Liquorland in Victoria, 
um, some BWS stores, and then lots and lots of independents. And we really focused on not just bottle shops, but venues as well. So you can go and have a beer at a bar um, with your friends. You can also get takeaways and bring them home for the barbecue. So, um, but anywhere from uh, Perth, Caratha, Port Douglas, Brisbane, Sydney, Canberra, everywhere, really. Amazing. So oh we try very hard to sort of get it out there and we just want people, the gluten-free people are everywhere. So yeah. we're just trying to put our beer where they can easily get access to it. Mm. Perfect. You've done a great job. Well, we're, yeah, we're trying. <laughs> well, Richard, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thanks very much, Alison. Really enjoyed chatting with you. <laughs>